0: Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. One, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, "Do you want to be made well?" The sick man answered him, "Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me." Jesus said to him, "Rise." Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Today I'd like to preach a message entitled, Blessed in Spite of Myself. Can you say that with me? Blessed in spite of myself. I want to say a prayer. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts God, drive this deep into our spirits, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Verse 1 says there was a feast of the Jews. This feast is debated. It very likely was Passover, which would mean the story took place somewhere around this time of year in the spring. And it says that Jesus went up to Jerusalem, because any time you go to Jerusalem, you will you will be going up because it's elevated. And he went to celebrate this feast or Passover because Deuteronomy 16, 15 says it was required of all able-bodied Jews. And he passed by or through one of the ten gates around the city of Jerusalem. This particular gate was known as the Sheep Gate. It's mentioned in Nehemiah 3. It was built by... Uh, Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priest. I think we have a picture of the Sheep Gate up here. And right next to the Sheep Gate was an area with five porches and a pool that was known as the Pool of Bethesda. The Pool of Bethesda. We have a picture of that as well. It's deep down. They had to dig. This is a dug-out area in the old city. Valerie and I were just there back in December John records that an angel would go to this particular pool once a year and trouble the waters, stir them up. And the first one to enter the pool during the troubling of the water would be completely, totally, and permanently healed. So everybody wanted to get in on this, right? We don't know how the angel stirred the water up. We don't know if this was just a finger, a flapping of a wing, an earthquake, we just know John's reporting this story. It was uh, the stuff of legend. And he, he's commenting, speaking of this this, this particular deal. God can do what he wants to do. It's a weird story. But I know there's a lot of unprecedented events throughout the scripture. This perhaps is one of those as well. And the guy in our story was a veteran who had been trying to get in that water for a long time. This wasn't his first rodeo at the pool of Bethesda. He had failed, incidentally, to get into the water for 38 years in a row. For this man, the pool of Bethesda had become his permanent address. He had all his mail forwarded there at first, and now it was where he was domiciled. He was set up. He had a permanent residence at the pool of Bethesda. To him, this was home, and he was prepared. Perpetually waiting for a change, incidentally a change that never came. Now, where did Brendan go? He's done run out on me. There's Brendan, come on. It's time for you to be the assistant pastor. This man had a bed. This man had a tarp, a tent. You know, he, he had set up shop. He had temporary housing, albeit he could have paid off a 30-year mortgage in this period of time, right? He had housing set up. He was at home here around the pool of Bethesda. He had a bed. He, he had set up shop there. And, and he had been waiting for 38 years. Now Valerie and I have lived almost 10 years in the house we live in right now. That is longer than we have lived anywhere in our entire married life. When we moved into this house, it was our 16th move. We moved a lot. This man in our story had lived at the Pool of Bethesda four times longer than we've lived in our house 38 years. That's 456 months. That's 1,976 weeks. That's 13,870 days. Matthew Henry says that in that day this guy had been there longer than most people lived. He had been there a lifetime. This guy moved to the pool of Bethesda before Jesus was born. In other words, he moved there in the BCs, Right? Before Christ. Jesus... When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the man had already been living at the pool of Bethesda for eight years. When Joseph took Jesus to Egypt, the man had been in the pool or at the pool for 10 years. When Jesus was teaching in the temple and confounding those religious folks, he had been at the pool for 20 years. When Jesus turned the water into wine, the man was in his 38th year at the pool of Bethesda. And he had waited for change waited for a miracle, but nothing had changed. There was no miracle, not for this guy. And wherever he had come from, whatever had been his home, there was no going back. There was no home. This became his home. Now, why was this man there in the first place? Well, obviously, he was there to get his healing. He was a lame man, a man who suffered from some kind of paralytic condition, apparently, But why was he paralyzed in the first place? Digging around in this, why couldn't he walk, carry himself, make progress? I think the answer is tucked away at the end of the story. You have to go to the end of the story to really grasp the power and the punch that is at the beginning of the story. It's found in verse 14. Afterward, after it was all done, the man's healed Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing comes on you. The indication is this. He had some kind of sin in his life. You can extrapolate from the text that that sin was there some 40 years earlier. This guy had blown it somewhere in his past, and there's this warning from Jesus. Listen carefully, old boy. You've blown it before. If you sin again, something worse. In other words, this came on you because of sin. Something worse will come on you if you sin again. To me, that is absolutely mind-boggling for two reasons. Number one, because how could it get any worse? He had lost 38 years, right? 38 years down The drain, how could it get any worse? And secondly, it's mind-boggling because Jesus, according to the text, you just kind of look at it, you could see it. Jesus had just healed a man who was suffering from a self-inflicted, sin-inflicted, crippling condition. In other words, Jesus healed this man in spite of himself. Jesus had healed this man In spite of himself. There's no record of him saying, I'm so sorry, Jesus. There's no record of him ever saying, I promise never to do that again. Jesus went and found him and then began to warn him. We have no indication that he ever said, I'm sorry. Personally, I believe that this man had come to the end of his rope, to the end of himself. I don't think he even realized it, but Jesus realized it. This man was ready. He was ready for a moment And it just took a few words that Jesus said to him. And Jesus just flat out healed him. What I'm trying to to say is this. Despite 38 years of failure and sin and and screw-ups, Jesus did in just a moment of time what, what the man had been seeking for for 38 years. Jesus blessed this man in spite of himself. Say that with me. Blessed. In spite of myself, I'm telling you, there are people in this house today, Jesus knows how to bless you in spite of yourself. You you may be even more ready than you realize. You've kind of come to the end of yourself, and you're like, I guess it's not gonna happen. I've been waiting, I've been hoping but I guess it's not going to happen. You've just kind of come to the end of the rope, which means you're coming to the beginning of where Jesus can do something amazing. You've been holding on to all kind of stuff. Now you're going to have to let go and let God. Come on now. Jesus can bless you in spite of yourself. In spite of yourself. The devil lies to us all the time. It's your fault. You know what you did. He would never want to heal you. Jesus doesn't want anything to do with you. But you hear this preacher today. That old devil, let me remind you, he is a liar. And the truth of the matter is this. Jesus will heal you. Jesus will deliver you. Jesus will bless you in spite of yourself. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. In other words, he didn't wait for us to get strong and bow up, and then he's like, oh, now I'm going to die for you. It goes on in verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's not like he said, well, "I'm gonna wait till they clean up, then I'm gonna die for." It. That's not the love of God. That says right there that He demonstrates His love in that when we don't deserve it, that's when He swoops in. Let me tell you something: Jesus knows how to bless you in spite of yourself. Aren't you grateful? I hadn't forgot about you, Brendan. Do you know what you call that? That's mercy. Listen, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's the hounds of heaven, mercy and goodness. And mercy and goodness was following after this man. Do you know what Bethesda means? House of mercy. Here he is at the house of mercy. When the house of mercy, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. He's at the house of mercy when the real house of mercy showed up. He had gone to a semi house of mercy when the real house of mercy said, No, 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 forget all that. Look to me. Mercy called his name, mercy showed up. Oh, the, the house, it's, it's amazing. Check this out too. The pool of Bethesda, we looked at it, was near the Sheep Gate. That Sheep Gate was the place where, you know, a high priest, we looked at that in Nehemiah. They built that there. It was was where the sacrifices for temple worship were prepared. In the 3rd century, 2nd century, uh, historian uh, Eusebius says, that the pool of Bethesda usually had a red tint to it because blood from those sacrifices would ease into that water. So here's the deal. You've got the pool of Bethesda, this place of mercy. Jesus shows up. There's the blood of the lambs that are in that water. I'm going to tell you something. Wherever you find the mercy of God, you'll find the blood of the lamb. It's not the blood of real... You know, bad lambs. It's the blood of the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He knows how to bless us in spite of ourselves. I love that. The blood of the Lamb is more powerful than your past, than your sickness, than your sin, than your brokenness. There is mercy in this house today. The blood of the Lamb is flowing in this house today. I'm just telling you, He knows how to bless us in spite of ourselves. Now, scholars say that there were as many as 3,000 people at the pool of Bethesda. This was, after all, Passover or one of the feasts. And so they had come from all over, probably 3,000 people crowded in there waiting for the stirring of the water. And this is what I love about this story. You've got to look into it to see it, but this is what I love. 3,000 people. People think of the crowd. And Jesus goes through the crowd. It says, He knew that this man had been there a long time. He knew this man had sin in his life. And it's like he he looked for the worst case scenario. Let me find the one that is absolutely done. It's impossible. He's been written off. He'll never leave this place. He'll never get in the water. There's no hope for this man. He goes through 3,000 people and he finds the one. It's like the shepherd who left the 99 in search of the one. You know, sheep are really, 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 really dumb. Sheep are really dumb. But 99 sheep knew, let's stick together. There's, you know, strength in numbers. And let's listen to the shepherd. And so, you know, they... Yeah, I, uh, I almost started hopping. I'm so glad I didn't do that. But they start, you know, they just all hop together and they all go where the shepherd leads them into the fold. But there's that one dumb, dumb, stupid sheep, right, who's just like, oh, butterflies, bah. bad. You know, he's just chasing rainbows and whatever. He's just out there all by himself. He is just a sitting duck. He is prey for the wolf, right? And the, and the shepherd's like, that dumb, stupid Sheep, I got to go find because the shepherd in the story loves the sheep, lays his life down for the sheep. And here's Jesus looking over 3,000 people trying to get to the worst case scenario. They say there's no hope for you. I got a different story. I can heal you in spite of yourself. (laughs) Jesus knows how to heal us in spite of ourselves. Now, this guy was institutionalized. Do you know what that means? You know, when, when you do prison ministry, or maybe you've spent some time in jail, you come across some folks that are institutionalized. They've been there so long, you know, there's three hots and a cot, and, and they're like, they can't survive outside of that environment. They need that jailhouse environment to give them routine and structure, keep them off drugs, and help them behave. I'll never forget one of our earliest members, I was in a Bible study. And he was sitting on a couch. I had my little chart, and I'm teaching my Bible study. So look over. There. He's got a toothbrush, and he's and he's got a knife, and he's carving that toothbrush uh, to a point, the handle, carving it to a point. I said, "Dude, what you doing?" He said, "Pastor, I'm making a shiv." I said, "Oh, buddy, you're not in jail anymore. You don't have to make a shiv. You have a knife. You're using it to carve." the toothbrush into a shiv you don't have to have a homemade knife you have a real knife in your hand that boy was institutionalized he's like oh i got i got i got to make a shiv you know no you got a knife this man was so institutionalized he had been there for so long he just didn't see any way out he was jaded and so jesus had to kind of slap him and wake him up, and this is how he did it, I love this, this is awesome Amanda, he said, he just said, do you want to be healed, it was kind of like he was saying, do you remember why you came here in the first place, all those decades ago, I know it's been a long time, and I know you've kind of given up, but why did you come here in the first place, hey, why did you come here, do you want to be healed? I think some of us, we just get so used to being where we are and the impossibilities and the years stack up and pile on and we're like, there's no way I'll ever get free. There's no way it'll ever happen to me. We become so jaded because the miracle didn't happen when we thought it should happen. And we're so jaded. And Jesus is wanting to wake us up today and say, why did you start trusting me in the first place? Why did you pray those prayers in the first place? Do you want a miracle? Do you want your healing? Do you want your deliverance? I can bless you in spite of yourself. Come on, give him some praise right now. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God wants to speak some fresh hope in this house today. Maybe years ago you believed God had a plan and purpose for your life, but somehow through the years you got jaded. You you don't have that same innocence you had back then. God is wanting to revive you, reignite you, put a fresh fire in your spirit. Anything really is possible. He is the great I am. He is the Al Shaddai. He is more than enough. He really can't finish what he started in you. He really is able. The devil's a liar. But here's the way the Lord... Finished it with this guy. He didn't just say, do you want to be healed? He threw out a challenge. So here's our guy, right? Here's our guy. Thank you, assistant, pastor. What a promotion, right? (laughs) (laughs) And here he is. He's set up shop. And he's at home in this 38-year failure. And, and so and Jesus says, do, do you want to be healed? And the guy's like, Well, I don't have any man. To get me into the water, Lord. Here's, here's why. I've got my excuses as to why I haven't. That's, I, don't want, I don't want to hear your excuses. Do you want it? Why did you come here in the first place? Just say yes. I don't have a man. For, for, he's, forget it. Just forget it. Listen to me. Look, look at me. Listen to me. He said, Rise up and walk. This is audacious. This did, did you hear what I said? This man has a paralytic condition. That's why he's at the pool. Come on, Jesus. He looks at him. He challenges him. That's the way the Lord does it. He gives us a challenging word. I'm going to ask you to do something. Oh, but Lord, I just, I'm waiting on the troubling of the water and for people to do things for me. No, 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 no. Do you want this? It's just you and me. You can't blame this on anybody else. You want this? You want it? Get up. You've got to move beyond this pool of it. Get up and walk. And the man does something he hasn't done in over 38 years. The man who who, can, who can't do it does it anyway. How is that even possible? Jesus That's what we're talking. That's why we do church. Jesus, he's like, get up. There is, there's this authority in His word. Get up and walk. Now He didn't have to, but He heard that and hope sprang to life. I'm telling you, the word of the Lord is trying to get some hope to spring to life in some people that have been needing to get up for a long time. He just like get up, and He just the man gets up. Think of how He's atrophied through the years, and He starts walking. But that's not where Jesus stopped. He said, Listen, you're never going back to Bethesda. That home is foreclosed. It's gone. It's over. That that those years, those decades, they're gone. He said, take up your bed. Get your bed. Demo your home. Bring those guys in, you know, from the the, the the remodel shows with the sledgehammers, right? Move that truck, right? There's no more home for the old guy, right? It's over with. Get up and pick up your bed now, and I want you to walk. God's got something for you. The next time we see this man, he's in the temple. He went from the pool of Bethesda. He wasn't allowed in the temple as a paralyzed man, but now he's in the temple worshiping the Lord. I'm telling you, God wants to take some of us from our place of moaning and complaining and years of failure and bring us into a vibrant place where we're lifting up the name of the Lord in a way that he's been wanting us to do for many years. Come on, give him praise. He can bless you in spite of yourself. Stand with me right now all across the house. He can bless you in spite of yourself. He said, get up, take up your bed and walk. It's time for you to move on. Stop. Just just give up that old comfort zone, those old accommodations and mindsets. Well, this is just the way I am. I'll always be this way. I'm always, you know, this this I'm at home in failure. No. Not today, baby. Jesus is in the house and he's calling out your name in mercy. You got to abandon that poor old me. It'll never happen attitude and adopt a new attitude. He is able to do exceeding abundantly Above all I can ask or think. Yeah, but you got issues. Yeah, in spite of myself. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Yeah, but you got problems in spite of myself. I'm telling you, he's wanting us to step into those realms where he is able to complete that which he started in me. Yeah, but you dropped the ball in spite of myself. He's calling us today, get up. Take up your bed and walk. I'll tell you something else. One day when the trumpet sounds, the devil's going to be telling me, Donovan, you don't deserve to go up. You're never going to go to heaven. You'll, ne- you'll never go up in that so-called rapture. It's not for people like you. You made so many mistakes. You don't, And you know what's going to happen? The trumpet's going to sound, and he's going to be sounding off to me, and in the twinkling of an eye, boom, I'm gone. He's like, uh... Well, I guess I lost that one, you know, like he's, he did go. He went, how? How would I go? How would any of us go? In spite of ourselves. You know why? We got a Savior. His name is Jesus, right? He knows how to bless us in spite of ourselves. God can heal you, save you, deliver you keep you, restore you, revive you, fill you, empower you, enable you. He can do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask according to the power that works in us. How can He do all of that and more? He can do it in spite of ourselves because of His grace, because of His mercy. Amen. Aren't you grateful for it? I'm reminded again of that story, poor old Lizzie and her card that was bankrupt. It was a gift card. Your card has been declined. You know what grace says? Your card has been declined. But enter in. I'm going to give you everything that I bought and purchased for you. You could never buy it anyway. Aren't you grateful for the living God? Lift your hands to Him right now. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are able to... To bless me in spite of myself. You're you're able to bless anybody in this house in spite of themselves, God. You know how to bless us in spite of. Devil, you're a liar and a thief. Years and all the time that we've wasted just trying to figure things out and make things happen. And the Lord knows how to just wipe all that away and restore the years the locust and the cankerworm and the palmer worm is eaten. He knows how to restore. He knows how to get the blessing to us in one month, the former and the latter rain together in one month. He knows how to make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former house. Lord, you know how to do more with what we have left than what we could have ever done with the whole. Thank you for it. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for kindness. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.